0: It's a done.
1: I am your host Lauren Burke, Team Bronte, and I am your host Hannah Chapman, Team Austin. So, um, Hannah and I are having a rough night because <laughs> all we've done uh, is uh, eat ice cream. We didn't eat ice cream. We ate frozen custard. We had frozen custard. The best frozen custard. Yes, yeah, it, it was good. It had like an American flag. Paper towel wrapped around the cone. (laughs) And I just, I felt so American. Yeah. That's what we all do. That's how we eat ice cream in America. That's how you keep people loyal to the country. It's just wrap everything in an American flag. Just a lot of flags. And like chocolate custard. Yeah. Like everything's just dipped in it. Oh,
0: so good. But now like, we're really
1: paying for it. Well, I mean, (laughs) we're paying for the custard, but we're also paying for the Jane Austen and Bronte themed burgers that we thought would be a good idea to try and make tonight to be honest it was, it actually was a great idea
0: it yeah it was it was great um so this happened because uh so my day job is in social media and sunday is national hamburger day and yes. so i shared this information with hannah and she said let's make jane austen verse charlotte bronte burgers and then we did and it was they were actually they were so much better than I expected. They were kind of amazing. We just <laughs> finished them, but now we are
1: like I doubled over in the podcast hut. I never want to eat again. <laughs> <laughs> like if someone told me, "Honey, you never have to eat again, I would just I'd kiss him. Well, we did have like huge burgers. We made them massive. way too big. I mean, like the the bronze burgers were teeny because yeah, but they were rich. And the, uh, the Austin burger, <laughs> it was weighty. There was, like, a lot of, There There's like, a whole packet of Ritz crackers just crumbled into the. Well, we it. needed them. We really needed them. It was a wet... It was a wet burger. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, okay, we should explain, um, what was in, in each burger and how we sort of came up with this.
1: Yeah. Shall I... Go for it. Okay. Go for it. So, um, when coming up with my menu this evening, mm-hmm. I, am. Um, I wanted to, well, I knew that the Bronte burger was going to be kind of a heavier burger. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, it's kind of fitting when you think about like what the books are like. So I wanted the Austin burger to be like homey, but kind of lighter. So like a summer burger. And the first thing, like my starting point was I knew I wanted to include a buttered crumpet. (laughs) Which was delicious. My first crumpet. Yeah, Lauren's convinced that crumpets are the same as English muffins. (laughs) They're, like, basically the same They're, like, they're nothing like an English muffin. They're, like, the same idea. Yeah, and it's like a bread thing that you put butter on. But it's got all all the the nooks and and crannies. Yeah, but, like, they're not, like, an English muffin is just, like, bread. It's like a bread roll. With the, in- and I, with the nooks and the crannies. It doesn't. I don't think you've ever seen an English muffin in your life, Lauren. I'm going to get them. When you come back
0: next week, I'm going yeah. to have them in this house just for you.
1: Okay. And then we can see that you're wrong and that I know what a crumpet is. <laughs> so, moving swiftly yeah. on. Buttery crumpet. Um, at one point, I thought I was going to have like a buttered crumpet in the burger, like with mm-hmm. a bun. And I thought it was too, too much bread. So, the bun was two buttered crumpets which was good
0: it was really good i highly recommend a buttered crumpet as we a ov-
1: bun yeah it was a bit chewy because i overcooked them but you they know. were still pretty good it was good and
0: they were like were they trader joe's
1: buttered crumpets no they were like mr duffy's english crumpets i but don't know I got, who mr duffy is they i just got them from this like fancy uh fancy fancy grocery store okay near where you work oh yeah somewhere in lincoln yeah. square okay. it's also where we got um the black pudding for your okay. for your burger so um the actual patty as you guys say mm-hmm. so the burger the um fatty. i did like a chicken burger because it's light and like summery mm-hmm. and i wanted it to be like i wanted it to be full of vegetables that would grow in an english gardens. so it lovely had, it had like grate uh, great a carrot in it and like finally, finely chopped uh, spring onion which you guys call it's got a different name over here I call it spring onion oh okay yeah I think right yeah Yeah. don't you call it like scallions maybe like you yeah. probably
0: oh no oh no Hannah's getting um are you getting a bumble message I'm <laughs> <from laughs> not getting a <laughs> bumble <laughs> message I knew need... I've sold you out I've sold you down the river <sighs>
1: Lauren keep that to yourself <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing so uh it had great carrot it had finely chopped spring onion in it and it had celery because mm-hmm. there was celery in the fridge so yeah. I like mixed all of that together and then it was really wet like it was the wettest stickiest mess you've ever seen yeah and so we just started like crumbling Ritz crackers into it and we must have gone through like a whole packet
0: Which is what happened in the Regency. Like, that was, that's period. That's That's accurate. Yeah, we looked it up
1: in historical cookbook for the method. And it was like, use a packet of Ritz crackers. um, And it'll be fine. Yeah. And it'll be great. So we did that. But then I didn't think that was enough. I thought, you know, what, what else did people in the Regency eat? And I knew that they ate potatoes. (laughs) Here's where it
0: gets a little weird. It wasn't weird until now. It doesn't
1: it doesn't get weird, like it's a great movement. So I um I do fourteenth century reenactment. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and they didn't have potatoes then. So I'm always like painfully aware of like when people had potatoes. Right. And they had them in the Regency. So I thought, you know, what would be great with this summer chicken meal, some potatoes. So I just mm-hmm. stuck some potato salad in it. Yeah, like some Chicago like steakhouse potato well, that, salad. That, that's what was available in the store. It's true yeah oh i forgot there it was, was apple there was apple in the burger yeah there was apple in the burger as well with the celery and the carrot and the spring onion. and then you sliced up and another then, apple and then i got the apple and i sliced like a cross section of it with the stalk and i balanced that it looked beautiful it looked like fine dining with this like slice of apple just perched on the top and then i got a crumpet and like squash it all together yeah and then it was delicious it yeah. was lovely that was like yeah it was i thought i thought yeah. the chicken burger was great yeah it was me. really nice
0: actually um it was guys, really sick it was really, like yeah, you it was could aggressive
1: have, you could have cut the burger in half and put a crumpet in between it and like that would have been like ample food but instead we had two crumpets and that burger and potato salad and it was, the cross-section of an apple there's a lot i mean that's why i'm doubled over right now yeah it's painful at that but and, um so yeah, yeah i think I, I achieved what i set out to do mm-hmm. i impressed all the judges you did you did i'm probably gonna throw up later um but it was good but i liked it yeah
0: tell us about the bronte burger <laughs> well hannah had a great idea and said that we should make some yorkshire puds yeah and i was intimidated because well first of all i've never actually had it i've been to england at least I don't know, maybe like 14 times? Unclear. 14, 15. I know what it is. I watch Come Dine With Me. I watch all your shows. (laughs) Like, I've seen it, but I've never had it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm always like, I'm always thrown off by the way that you guys use the word pudding. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, um, you know, here it's a dessert. It's a specific kind of dessert. And then there it's like... I don't know, you just throw that word around.
1: Yeah, it doesn't always mean a pudding. No. Like, it doesn't always mean dessert. It just sometimes means a savoury thing. Sometimes it means dessert. Like a steak and kidney pudding is not the same as a steak and kidney pie. I think it has something to do with it being steamed. But I don't know. Like, I actually, I don't know because I'm not an old person. I feel like really old people would know the answer to that. I'm really sorry if you know the answer and you're, like, below the age of 85. Yeah, if you're British... And you can explain to me the way that you guys just throw around that word pudding. Actually, no, who would know. Who? My mum. So yeah. mum, if you could hit me up, if you could DM me.
0: Yeah. Just send a voice memo. Send, so send me can... a voice
1: memo just explaining what a pudding is.
0: Because I'm confused. Because like sometimes, you know, you'll be at a restaurant and they'll be like, "Do you? here's a list of the puddings. And I'm like, what?
1: And I mean, dessert? I mean, if you go to a restaurant and it yeah. gives you a list of puddings, like it's almost definitely going to be a dessert. Why doesn't it just say dessert? Because we say pudding. <sighs> I don't know. Because that's the word. Why do you guys say entree? <laughs> we do. You do. We told totally But it's do. not like, it's not handed to me as I entree the building, is it?
0: <laughs> we're getting off track.
1: We are. Tell me about your.
0: But, um, I, so you were like, let's make some Yorkshire puds. And I was like, First great. ones I've
1: ever successfully made as well.
0: They were great. Yeah. They were actually really easy to make. I was mm-hmm. intimidated, but they were easy to make. They were beautiful. And they tasted really good.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I was really happy with that. So, that was our bun. The Yorkshire Puds. And then we had the uh, actual burger patty. hmm I was going to get lamb, you guys. But, like, lamb was way too expensive. So, I just... I it got did beat. come in, like,
1: a nice cube, though.
0: It did. But it wasn't a lot. It was, like, yeah. enough for, like, one burger. Yeah. And I was like, "Screw this! Let's just get some beef." So we you had, were gonna lie and tell them that you. Came. I was, I was, but I came clean. You did come clean. Gotta gotta be honest with our audience, <laughs> with our the four people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> Mom, hello. <laughs> um. So we had some beef, some Worcester sauce. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Say it how you were saying it. Before. <laughs> I couldn't say it before. John, how did John say it? Say like, it how my husband says it. Worcestershire. W- yeah. I can't remember. Maybe that is the right pronunciation, but I thought it was just Worcestershire. So. I think it's just Worcestershire. Maybe I'm just teaching you all the wrong things. Because do you remember when you were like, is it Haworth or Hayworth? And I was like, it's Hayworth. <laughs> it isn't. Haworth is just like awkward to say. No, now that I've said it like a lot of times, You're I'm, fine like, with I'm it? comfortable with it. Yeah. All right, cool. I've made peace with I Howarth. need to. I need to... Work on it. Come to terms. Just practice in the mirror. If you say it three times, Charlotte Bronte appears. Oh. Do it and then we can interview her. This is great.
0: <laughs> Give it a try, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: uh, we had Worcester sauce, we had some onion, we had some mushroom, and uh a lot of garlic mm-hmm. as well. Oh, so... yeah, there was garlic
1: in mine as well and salt and pepper. Should oh yeah. yeah. And there was some salt and pepper.
0: I use salt and pepper. Delish. Even though, it, you know, I feel that the Brits don't use a lot of salt and pepper in their cooking. No, yeah, you
1: guys just use too much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, then we had black pudding yeah. on top of that burger patty. Like a
1: thick wedge of it. Yeah. Well. I did cut it too thick. A thick
0: wedge of black pudding. And then um, I did a poached egg on top of that. So I get some <laughs> yolk coming down over that. And a bit of uh, mustard
1: yeah like a whole grain like yeah like proper mustard yeah
0: yeah and then another yorkshire pudding right on top of that that.
1: i've just realized that's like french mustard should have got like some coleman's oh yeah dang we made it wrong we made it wrong you had to do it again again (laughs)
0: uh and it was good but it was heavy
1: Yeah, it was. I'm really glad. So because the Yorkshire puddings I made were like cupcake size, Mm -hmm. uh, the burgers that you ended up making for them were tiny, like no bigger than the poached egg itself. And so everything was kind of like this tiny little stack that you could fit in the palm of your hand. Mm -hmm. But it was so tall. You had to like, I mean, I did squash it down and get a bite through all of the layers. But that's because I eat like an animal. I
0: had to do a fork and
1: knife situation. Yeah. Yeah. Ladylike.
0: But we um, we will have pictures on our Instagram
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I can throw some up on Twitter as well. So at Bonnets at Dawn, take a look at our at our Bronte and Austin inspired burgers. And if you guys have any suggestions for any other like foods that we should do, um, throw them at us. In a couple of weeks, we actually will be interviewing um, a woman who does Austin inspired chocolate. Yeah. So I feel like we should maybe do a dessert coming up here pretty soon. So if you guys have any suggestions, please let us know. Yeah,
1: let yeah. us know. And let us know if you like, I mean, I was going to say, let us know if you try and make these burgers, <laughs> I can't imagine anyone sitting down to eat a crumpet chicken burger.
0: And that's really good, though, actually. Yeah, you should do it. You should do it. If you do, send us pictures. Um. So, yeah, uh, for the rest of the episode... We're not, we're just, we need to lay down,
1: (laughs) let's be honest. I'm going to die, my tummy hurts so We can't
0: continue on with this episode, we can't, we have to go, you guys. We've had custard and so so many burgers, Um, but thankfully we've taped an interview
1: with uh, a guest, a special guest. So Hannah, tell us more about our special guest on the podcast today. Happily. So today we are interviewing Meredith Esparza. Did I say that right? Asparza. I think so,
0: yeah, I hope so Meredith so, let us know if we didn't
1: Yeah, sorry Meredith uh, She is a music studio director and private piano instructor She lives off the coast of North Carolina With her very own Mr Bingley Interesting choice Yeah, yeah Mr Bingley Not yeah. like, not the most popular But still a popular man Jane mm-hmm. Jane Bennett thought he was good enough so. Yeah I mean, he's like, he is handsome in the... He's handsome and he's like happy-go-lucky Yeah, he's just a bit stupid sh- Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to ask Meredith about that. Sorry, Meredith. Uh, she is a longtime admirer of Jane Austen and an avid reader. And for more than seven years, her blog, Austenesque Reviews, has been devoted to reading and reviewing numerous Jane Austen sequels, fan fiction and para-literature. I do not know what para-literature means. So that's exciting to yeah. find that out. She loves being able to connect with readers and authors online through a shared love and admiration for Jane Austen. And you can visit her blog, Austenesque Reviews. Follow her on Twitter, at Austenesque. I can't say it. You And it. on Facebook, as Austenesque Reviews. Yeah. So, uh, Lauren, you did the interview, so I'll leave it down to you guys.
0: Yeah. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the interview. This was great because um, I actually haven't read a ton of sort of like austin-esque fiction like i haven't read a lot of fan fiction i haven't read a lot of you know the sequels so um it was good to get meredith's take on this and just you know just see where i should start yeah yeah thanks enjoy guys so yeah i uh i love your site oh thank you how long have you been uh doing that site seven years
2: uh, yes, I started it in September of 2009. Okay. Almost 10. Uh, almost 7. No, almost 8.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm like, yeah, what year it? I still think it's like 2015 all the time. Then I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, so what inspired you to start the site?
2: Um, I started um, spending a lot of time on Amazon.com, uh, just looking more uh, Jane Austen books to read, and at the time, there was nowhere near as many as there are right now, and um, uh, the reviews for them were kind of negative a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess around that time, or before that time, people were kind of harsh on how dare you try to write about Jane Austen's characters, or how dare you try to write in her voice and style. Um, and I wasn't of that opinion. I, um, I thought a lot of what I read was good quality writing and, and, you know, uh, great stories. And I love them because they continued, uh, the stories that I love and Mm -hmm. the characters I love to read about. So I was like, well, I'm going to leave my reviews, um, that are five star and, you know, telling these people that this is good, um, books and you should read them and then I guess it kind of went from there um, you know I think around that time blogging in general and in book blogs and Jane Austen blogs I kind of noticed and became aware of so I thought of um, starting my own kind of got a recommendation from an author mm-hmm. who who tipped me off that hey you should do that so yeah people are needing it i think Mm -hmm.
0: because there is a lot out there right now and that's interesting that you said that you know there kind of wasn't and then there was sort of this boom so this boom in the past like i don't know eight years seven years um
2: yeah
0: and uh, yeah it's hard to parse through because i know that i'm just now sort of like starting to get into like the sequels or books that are inspired by jane austen and i'm Mm -hmm. like where do i where do i look like it's it's all over the place
2: Yeah, yeah, it's overwhelming now. Um, You know, before, like I said, it was just, it's interesting, because like, before, I guess, that time period, you had like such a long span of years. And there was like, there were books that kind of trickled um out and were released but Mm -hmm. now nowadays they're like out of print hard to find so if you wanted to find like some of those older reads it's kind of hard to track down but Mm -hmm. as far as newer reads there's tons being published every month
0: now um what was your first like point of contact with austin like going back
2: um There were, I guess, a couple points. Um, One actually was through Jane Eyre. Um, Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was um, uh, taking AP literature in high school. And over the summer, Jane Eyre was um, one of the books we were required to read um, Mm -hmm. before that class. And I loved it so much, um, much more than the other books. I read um, for that class over the summer, and I felt such a strong connection to it. And I was like, I want to try to find more books like that. Um, oh, nice. And on the reading list was Pride and Prejudice um, by Jane Austen. I have never read that before. So I think um, after Jane Eyre, I went to Pride and Prejudice. Um, but also at the same time, I made a connection with a movie that I saw, I guess maybe a couple months before, just, I think, coincidentally rented it from Blockbuster there, Mm -hmm. dating myself. Um,
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I know. I used to work at one. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, I, like, randomly selected Emma um, with Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, yes. um, And and Ewan
0: McGregor and his hair, Mm -hmm. his wig in that movie. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, and I watched it and um, had no idea it was, you know, based on a book. It just, you know, period film. It looked fun. I loved it, you know, and then... When I read Pride and Prejudice and I looked at, into Jane Austen, I was like, oh, it's also Emma, too, oh, by nice. Jane Austen. So that was definitely, I think, the moment it all started for me. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I
0: always like to know if it's like if it was a movie or a book, but I like that this was sort of su- simultaneous. I-, I think I'm thinking we're, we might be about the same age. And I think it was it was very similar for me as well, like my introduction. So nice. I remember that, Emma. Well. Very well. (laughs) I actually rewatched it the other day and um, it was interesting it was interesting to revisit it I hadn't seen it for at least 15 years
2: oh wow I I can't go a couple months without seeing it I think it's definitely special because it's my first Jane Austen film I ever watched Mm -hmm. but I definitely feel like it kind of helped spark the interest that led me to just being completely a Jane Austen addict
0: (laughs) now who's your favorite heroine do you have one?
2: it's really hard to decide. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I admire them all so much and I have like different um, moods or facets that I kind of feel connected to them. So I really can't mm-hmm. say like, I'm always loyal to one. One's my, you know, favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, uh, of course love characters like Elizabeth Bennett and, and, you know, emma woodhouse because they speak their mind and i i'm not that type of person so i guess i i you know
0: you admire, admire that trait, trait. yeah <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> um but i feel like such a connection to the introverted heroines too like mm-hmm. fanny price and Anne Elliot. because it's like oh you know we have kinship with each other we're definitely cut from the same cloth kind of thing right
0: so when you're looking for, you know, let's say like an Austin sequel, are you like you just like picking what what sounds like the best story or do you like go by heroine or like favorite book sort of like, I love Pride and Prejudice. I want to just continue this story or just it doesn't even matter.
2: Right. Um, now that I've read so many, I definitely like to look for something that is new to Mm -hmm. me or different i love stories about um all of jane austen's novels um pride pride and prejudice is the one you will easily find the most books for so sometimes i definitely am uh, my interest is piqued by ones that aren't about pride and prejudice because they're kind of harder to find or just not as prevalent but i like um i i like about all characters definitely new angles or seeing you know somebody give a new twist to the story
0: now before this podcast I asked you to give me like a top five that you would recommend I know it's hard but if you're like if you're a newbie like me like where should someone start do you think
2: yeah, that definitely is a great question and um, hard for me to decide because mm-hmm. um, I did, do read so many. But I kind of took it, like you said, for someone very new to just reading um, Jane Austen fan fiction or, or looking beyond um, her novels. So um, I would say maybe kind of starting with what I did. I One of the first ones I read was Sanditon by another lady which is um partly jane austen's writing but then it was completed by someone else
0: okay that's interesting okay i like that you started there yeah and then there's Um, a there's a movie of sanditon coming out i've heard (laughs) right yeah so that'll get a lot of people interested in that Mm -hmm. unfinished novel Okay. So that
2: would definitely be on my list. Um, mm-hmm. There's another one that kind of did the same thing um, for the Watsons. Um, actually, there's tons. There's actually several books that completed Sanditon and like, several books that completed the Watsons. But um, I, I, I loved uh, Sanditon by Another Lady. Um, mm-hmm. That one was really good. And the one for the Watsons that I really liked was called Emma and Elizabeth, and it's by Anne Michael. Nice.
0: Okay. I'm going to mark that one down. <laughs> what else you got on your list?
2: Um, so there are tons of books that kind of tell the story from Mr. Darcy's point of view. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something I can imagine someone new to this kind of reading would be interested in. And um, while one of the most popular trilogies in Jane Austen fan fiction is Pamela Aiden's, um. Fitzwilliam Darcy, uh, series. I liked one I read recently. Um, it's called Darcy's Tale Uh and it's by, uh, Stanley Michael Hurd and he does the same kind of thing. It's a trilogy, but, um, I guess, you know, he's a male author, so it kind of has a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah. I like that. Okay.
0: (laughs) I'm, definitely going to check this out i have so much reading to do for this podcast oh that's great
2: Though (laughs) it's great
0: it's fantastic (laughs) and it's all reading i really want to do and i like get to justify it too which i'm sure you do as well you're like now i've got the site and now i get to justify (laughs) all this reading
2: yes Mm, absolutely
0: any others you got on your list
2: um so many but i'm (laughs) trying to uh be circumspect with it um How about, um, I like stories that are about Jane Austen. Um, Mm -hmm. there are quite a few that kind of make her as the main character. Sometimes she's a a sleuth, you know, solving mysteries. There's a whole series for that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I kind of like to focus on the romance in her life because we don't know as much about that, um as we would like. So one of my favorites is The Lost Memoirs of Jane Austen by Siri James. Nice. Very and nice. Um, that's a cool story because it's kind of taking something we have record of that Jane Austen met a man um, when she was on holiday by the sea. Mm-hmm. But it kind of like creates this whole story that, you know, is hidden and nobody you know, know, knew about, and the letters and memoirs about it have mm-hmm. been destroyed, but now they're found, kind of thing.
0: Oh, nice! So oh, i like that.
2: It's very romantic, yeah. And actually, um I don't know if you know, but Siri James also wrote a, a similar kind of story for Charlotte Bronte. Really, I love that one too? Yeah. Oh my god! Really good. <laughs> okay,
0: I'm going to have to read both of these now on the podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you definitely should. Okay, um, that's fantastic. The one for Charlotte Bronte isn't as um, fictitious because Mm -hmm. um, she did um, have a relationship with Arthur um, uh, Bell Nichols. Is that I think I'm remembering his name correctly. (laughs) Um, So but it kind of lets you know a little bit, I guess, more about how that relationship came to be. or Supposedly how it came to be.
0: Oh, nice. Okay, All right. I'm adding these two to my reading lists like immediately and just on my pile of books um so it does sound like you're, you're a Charlotte Bronte fan then so yeah okay nice have you read the other Brontes just you know
2: I have read um Wuthering Heights mm-hmm. and Agnes Gray but okay. not beyond that I'm a I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> That's okay. You're not missing out on
0: too many. Um, I'm sort of testing a theory right now that I think that Tenet of Wildfell Hall might be the right book for Austin fans. Hmm. So, you know, if you ever, if it ever comes across your path, just uh, give that one a try. Yeah, I definitely how you like it. Um,
2: would like to. There's always so many books to read that I would like to
0: (laughs) I know um so now how do you find your authors or how do you find the books are you like reaching out to publishers or publishers are reaching out to you I'm I'm guessing
2: um yeah I guess a little bit of both um I I think um the Jane Austen community kind of gets to know each other really well and um a lot of authors are are doing a lot um of outreach and and they're on social media a lot. So it's easy to connect with them and mm-hmm. and um become friendly with them and, and know know each other.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean I, I was talking to an author about this actually last week on the podcast. Just it's sort of like if you build it, they will come. Like I feel like we put this Twitter up and then suddenly we just found the Jane Austen community. It mm-hmm. was it was really crazy. You just go on the hashtag Jane Austen and like there they are want to tell our listeners um where they can find you your twitter handle all that good stuff
2: sure um you can find me at my blog austinescreviews.com mm-hmm. or on facebook Reviews and on twitter austinesk.
0: sounds good and um how many books are you reviewing a year like how many updates are you doing over there
2: I usually um, stick to somewhere around 60. Okay. I'm trying to to step it up a little bit more because I have a to-be-read pile that's like just enormous. And and I want to, you know, go on book shopping sprees too. But I feel guilty when I do that. And I have right. so many books that I haven't read yet. So right. So I'm trying to, trying to make the pile smaller. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, usually somewhere around 60 to maybe 65 a year.
0: That's a good um... amount. That's a good amount. (laughs) I like it. Now, have you read anything lately that you're just like, or even if you're just in the middle of it, that you're just loving and that you, you know?
2: Ooh, great question. I have um, two books. Well, Mm -hmm. I can, I'll say three. Three of my recent reads were just fantastic. Um, One was, it's called um, The Darcy Monologues. And oh, okay. Is, I'm seeing
0: a lot of advertising for that. Okay.
2: Yeah. It actually just officially released um, today, mm-hmm. but I got to read it a little early. And it's 15 um, short stories, all kind of from Darcy's point of view. But some of them are, you know, taking place during Pride and Prejudice. Some of them are taking place in a modern time period.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, cool. So it's nice. I, nice, I, like, I like when it's like little chunks, too, and that you can mm-hmm. put it down and come back to it. Okay. Yeah
2: hmm So there's a nice variety in that one, and I loved it. And, of course, spending more time with Mr. Darcy is just wonderful. Right. <laughs> and um, the other one I read recently that's very good is um, it's called The Jane Austen Project.
0: Oh, yes. I've been wondering about that one. I really like the cover. And actually, yeah. I – yeah, okay.
2: I like that one a lot. It's another one that kind of uh, – takes Jane Austen and makes her a character in the story because um, there's are these um, two uh, modern day uh, colleagues that go back in time to kind of um, collect a manuscript from Jane Austen and possibly the letters that Cassandra destroyed as oh. well. So they're kind of on a mission to like find out all the answers that we, al- we are always asking about Jane Austen's life.
0: I love that. I love anything that has to do with time travel though.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: So that's yeah, right up my alley. I,
2: it was really good. Um, really well done.
0: Ooh, okay. And yeah, what's your last one?
2: Oh, my third one actually was a young adult read. That's the great thing about like the um Jane Austen um, I guess, subgenre mm-hmm. is that there's a there's a lot of variety in it, you know, between anthologies, time travel, young adult, there's there's a lot of um lot you can choose from, and this one I just read was called um, Seeking Mansfield, Mm -hmm. and I loved it so much um, just because it was such a unique way to kind of capture the essence of Mansfield Park, which Mm -hmm. is not an easy thing to, you know, bring to the 21st century and update, so I thought it was really well done.
0: And you know what, that's a harder read, too. (laughs) Like, I, I think I remember trying to tackle that as a teenager, and I wasn't quite... I don't know. I didn't quite like it, so I like the mm-hmm. idea of giving a young person, you know, a young adult version, and then letting them compare and contrast and learn that yeah. way. So that's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm and I also yeah, I would like to actually maybe look at some stuff that's yeah, not Pride and Prejudice based. I like that you uh, that you suggested that one a lot.
2: Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean,
0: as much as I love that book, it is one of my top five books of all time, and I love Mister Darcy. Um, you know, I think we should be looking at, you know, more of her work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. They are all good characters and great stories. <laughs> now, um, I got one last question
0: for you, and this is a tough one. And I warned you beforehand, but we are like exploring this in the podcast right now. Um, just what is it about Mr. Darcy? Like why are we all so crazy about Mr. Darcy? Um, why has this character endured? Like wh- what is it? why are there so many sequels about this guy?
2: Hmm. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think the, the main answer is there are so many reasons. Mm -hmm. He's a complex character. There's um, so much to him and the list could be endless. You know, he's, he's passionate. Mm -hmm. Um, he makes mistakes, but then fixes them. He, you know, comes in and saves the day. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think there's just so much to his character. He's got a lot of components.
0: There you go. It's a lot of reasons. And which one's your favorite, Mr. Darcy, as, uh, for a film version?
2: Oh, just curious. <laughs> <laughs> um, It's a hard question, I know. <laughs> actually, it's kind of I think somewhat of a tie between Colin Firth, of course, and mm-hmm. Laurence Olivier. I saw oh. the I saw the 1940 Pride and Prejudice before I saw the 1995 one Uh or the 2005 one so I was kind of like well Laurence Olivier kind of captured a lot of what I thought Mr. Darcy was like in my head
0: so nice okay (laughs) you threw me a curveball there so there we go excellent I love it (laughs) that is a great way to end the podcast I think (laughs) Guys, go check out Lawrence Olivier's version.
2: Oh, if you don't like it, don't, I, you know, going with low expectations because <laughs> a lot of people don't like that adaptation because of its inaccuracy, you mm-hmm. know, it kind of, it kind of, um, the costumes are in the wrong period. They tweaked, mm-hmm. um, Lady Catherine's character a little bit and, and, um, kind of went a little, I guess, Hollywood and everything. And okay, I don't know. I, I like it. But that's pretty interesting <laughs> though.
0: And I think that's like it's fun to sort of watch as an Austin fan too and go like, wait, that's wrong. That's different. That's oh yeah. what's this? I, I kinda <laughs> like that too. Kind of gets you, you know, gets you thinking about the book and the source material. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah, so that's awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Oh,
2: it's my pleasure. Um thank you so much for asking me and I'm very much enjoying uh your project and looking forward to following it more. And we're back. Hello, Hannah. Hello.
0: <laughs> sorry, guys. We should not have had all that food. We're still reeling. We really need to lay down.
1: I just need to, like, RIP me. This is my living will. Give all of my stuff to Alice, my good friend. Oh, to Alice. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Lord. <Larry. laughs> yeah. Well, fine. It is in England. You can have the stuff that's in your house, I guess. But... Okay, fair enough. Fair enough.
0: I um I lied before I have read a couple of Austen sequels I forgot you can have those if this is my living will okay so I'm gonna let you have the Longborn letters which is actually on my Kindle so I guess um, I've
1: got your Kindle then. yeah
0: that might be hard and then um Longborn so those are the only two like sequels that I've read so um I'm really excited about some Meredith's suggestions so I can check out some new
1: books and I I have actually read Death Comes to Pemberley oh yeah yeah. yeah. Which I didn't care for. Oh, that much. Sorry. Uh.
0: We need to talk about it. We need to talk about it in our adaptations episode because I have a lot of thoughts on the TV version of that. Yes. And um, why hasn't there been a TV version of Longbourn? That was a huge hit. I'm shocked. Make it so. Yeah, make it so, guys. Let's do it. Let's let's write it. We'll so, do it. so I'm if gonna there's... write it
1: and I'm gonna act in it. I'm gonna do it and Emma Thompson. <laughs> Like when she does Sense and Sensibility and it's going to be so successful that people will go into the Jane Austen Centre and they will say, did Hannah Chapman write Longbourn? This book that's not by Jane Austen. (laughs) That example (laughs) doesn't work. Honestly, people used to ask if Colin Firth had written Pride and Prejudice and if Emma Thompson had written Sense and Sensibility. You told me that last night and it blew my mind. People are not the smartest.
0: So then... They were going to the Jane Austen Center. Like, what did they think Jane Austen had done? I
1: don't know. Crazy. Crazy. I think people see, like, people see stuff on TripAdvisor and, like, they go, but they don't really...
0: They don't really know what they're in for. Oh, guys.
1: Guys. And on that note... We gotta go lay down. We gotta go. We gotta go, guys. Gotta breathe into a paper bag.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Please follow us on Twitter... And Instagram at Bonnets at Dawn. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Unclear what it will be about yet.
1: Again, because. We-, we know what it's gonna be about. It's just, we're just not gonna tell you. Oh, okay. All right, fine. Big suspense. Bye! Bye, <laughs> guys! <laughs>